0: Welcome to Working From The Inside Out, with Finesse Equestrian and your host, Ali O'Brien. Join us as we unpack the equestrian dream, talking to incredible riders, equine experts, and a few of our own tips too. Hi everyone, welcome to Working From The Inside Out and our second episode of the Start Your Own Horse podcast series. And today we are going to be talking about building a partnership, connection, rapport, trust, all of that really good stuff that we want to have with our horses. So why do we want to have it? Well, I think times have moved on a little bit from having a horse that is obedient and respectful and has good manners and all of that very proper stuff. I think that we've moved into more of a conscious space of riding and being with our horses and developing a partnership or a relationship that is uh, Is equal on both ends and that we could see carry on through into the rest of our lives, whether that is with our husband or wives, with our children, with our friends. It's a mutual relationship. So let me grab my piece of paper. So where do we begin? I think that we begin with our inner work, which is kind of a scary thing to talk about, because it requires us to be pretty vulnerable. But the thing I think is, is that we are asking our horses to be vulnerable in what we are asking of them. Even just the fact that we're wanting them to be okay with us climbing on their backs going in horse floats, going out and about, going away from their friends, their herd, where they find their protection, and doing all of these incredible things for us because they are so trusting. And I think that we owe it to them to do the work on ourselves and to be vulnerable and open and ready to grow. So, (laughs) with that little passion piece out of the way, I think that this is, after we understand some of the theory behind working with horses, this piece is just so incredibly important. And yes, we can move on and we can develop skills and have our horses do all of these amazing things, but when we do not have that, I feel that, and I know that I have created these horses in the past as well, Uh, Horses that are obedient and maybe they have a bit of a glazed-over look in their eye and to their whole demeanor Uh, and they go out and they do the things for us and they're generally pretty safe for the most part of it, but they lack that spark and the character that they had before they ever had a saddle or a human put on their backs. So um, this piece is so important to me and Going into this, I want you and also uh, myself to remember that we're never going to be perfect either, and that it's okay to be messy and to have ugly moments and to go through that rough stuff, um, and that's okay, but I think the big thing is to be aware or and conscious about growing ourselves we've got a fly that wants to be in the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the, the really big thing for me is to be bringing awareness to where I can grow as a person so that I can um, be better for my horse, be better for my partner, be better for my children, and be better for myself as well. <laughs> so... By Taking that through into our work with our horses, it's beginning to become aware and conscious of the things that we are doing, the thoughts that we have, the way we talk to ourselves, the way we talk to other people, the way we talk about our horse or to our horse, bringing awareness to what we're saying and also to what we're doing. Bring awareness to the behaviours that we see in our horse. Sometimes we do not have the ability to see our own behaviours just in the very beginning. But we can easily see behaviours in other people. And in horses, and I know for myself that I can easily look at a a horse or somebody else and say, oh yeah, I know know exactly what they've got to change or where they can get better. So sometimes it's seeing those behaviours, maybe if we start off there in our horse, and thinking, hmm, where has my horse learned that from though? And then we can begin to bring awareness to ourselves and our own behaviors and patterns um, that we may be having that are projecting onto our horse to have them then display those behaviors. So awareness, emotions. This piece is a really interesting one. When I first began working with horses, I knew that you had to learn to control your emotions. So I did that. And I began to kind of squash those feelings down. And if I was having a day, because I was doing it professionally, if I had a day where I was feeling sad or angry to carry on with my work, I would squish it on down and carry on. But ultimately, those when we when we're not congruent with the way we're feeling on the inside and how we are on the outside, um, our horse is very aware of those. And we might not notice it in the moment, although when we begin to get pretty good at listening to our horses and becoming more aware of ourselves, we may begin to see it a lot quicker. But oftentimes when we are not so aware, it might not be till a lot later on that then we begin to see these big behaviours come out in our horses, these big emotions. And that's because we have been squashing them down within ourselves and not being congruent with our emotions. So bringing awareness to our emotions. And now if I'm having a day that I'm sad, I've had a baby in the last year and so There's been a lot of really emotional, sensitive days with lack of sleep and stuff. So I've been practicing letting myself feel those emotions and going through that place. Letting myself sit in that and feel it and then move out the other side. Kind of giving myself a hug and letting myself know that it's okay to have emotions. And when I do this, and I create a space so that I can feel it, then I can pick up and carry on, and I don't project that onto my horse anymore. So, emotions. That's a really cool place to and then to talk about. Being mindful. So, as we're working, we talked a little bit about it before, but being mindful of the things we are doing, our body language, our breathing, where our mind is. So I really love to do mindfulness meditations and um, often at the beginning of my session, I will start with a mindful, a, a little mindfulness meditation. So bringing my mind into the present moment. What can I feel? What can I hear? What can I smell? What is my horse doing? is it going fast, is it going slow, um, how, it, it, is its ears back today, um, is one foot staying on the ground a little bit longer, do they have a good rhythm, are they in a pretty happy place today? So being mindful and in the moment not creating and attaching a story to that at all, so not judging those feelings and observations. And when we are in the moment, we are then not being fearful of, say, past things, or anxious about our future projections. We are just seeing it for what it is in the moment. And, of course, being kind to ourselves. Uh, I find my mind might wander off sometimes and I start thinking about, um, is my baby okay right now? What am I going to cook for dinner tonight? (laughs) You know, all of those sort of things. And uh, just gently bringing my mind back into the present moment. So it's the same with our horses as well. Uh, I noticed that quite some years ago, if um, if a horse kind of lost its focus, we might do something big like bump on it to bring its focus back into the present moment. But then I realized, hey, hold on a minute, I am having judgment here. And if I put that judgment onto the horse and kind of do something that's rough and not gentle and kind, then why would it want to be here in the moment? It's going to make that horse want to be further and further away from this place right now. What else have we got? Well, within that, I was going to talk about kindness and non-judgment, but we kind of just did that a little bit. But um, kindness, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Having empathy as well. So uh, if our horse is not getting what we're wanting it to do, Having empathy and just slowing down and having that pause and and kind of getting it from where the horse is. Having empathy for ourselves as well because for some of us this might be the first time that we're ever starting a horse. Or maybe it's really pushing some buttons up in us and it's bringing up some different emotions and feelings from the past. So being kind to ourselves and our horses. Non-judgment, like I said before, not attaching a story to things, Um, not judging the horse or ourselves or anybody else either. Um, Coming from that place of non-judgment makes life so much easier for ourselves and our horses. And it just really puts us in a good, headspace. So, bringing awareness to when we do have judgment on ourselves or our horse, and just bringing awareness to it, being kind, and then maybe reframing that and letting it go. So, breathing. I know that I am terrible at not breathing when I go jumping. (laughs) So, uh, Hmm, must be about 10 years ago now, I had an accident jumping and I broke my neck. So now I have to really focus and bring awareness to my breathing if I go jumping, because (laughs) a few times that I have done a jumping course, by the end of it, I am bright red. And that is because I am holding my breath. And if I'm holding my breath, then what am I putting onto my horse? Tension, anxiety, and what does tension and anxiety bring? That brings stopping, that brings speeding up, going way too slow, that brings knocking rails, and all of the things that we do not want in our jumping. So I'm sure you can take that into everything else as well. So. I love to practice the belly breath, or diaphragmatic breath, and I got pretty good at practicing this one leading up to my birth with um, my little boy Jack. Um, I did, oh gosh, I'm going to forget what it's called now, it'll come back to me. Well a natural birth anyway, uh, hypnobirthing, there we go. Um, and. Uh, A piece in that that is um, very well taught is to practice your breathing and the belly breath. So placing your hand on your belly and breathing all the way in, feeling your hand come out away from your belly. So um, when we're breathing incorrectly, and I know I can do this sometimes as well, is kind of sucking in when I take a breath in for some odd reason, and your hand will go inwards. But what we want to be doing is breathing in and feeling it out. Our diaphragm expand, and then letting it all the way back out again, and feeling our hand go back down. So nice and slow breathing. We don't want to be rushing, we don't want to be doing a quick breath in and a quick breath out because then that is going to put us into an anxious state of mind and then of course we put that out onto our horses as well. So that's a little bit about the inner work and I think everybody has their own journey in this but it's being aware of it and ready and able to do the work as part of our journey and starting and working with our horses. And I just love how I can take that through into the rest of my life um, and be bettering myself all the time. And that doesn't mean I'm going to not get it wrong because I do that often. But I look at it as a way that every time I get something wrong is an opportunity for me to do some more inner work, to do some healing and to get better and better. So that takes me through into our quality time with our horses. So we can practice this to really create a good partnership with our horses, whether that is just in the paddock, it might be while, while it should be, while you're doing your groundwork and when you're riding. So quality time, it's practicing all of the things that we've just talked about before, that inner work, and giving them some space. So maybe you're doing some groundwork and you get 1% better, so you come to a stop, spend some quality time together, take all the pressure off them and just be in the moment. Let them release, let them process, let them do whatever they have to do in that moment, and taking that opportunity for ourselves as well to get present, to bring awareness back to our breathing again, and making sure that we're being conscious and and mindful in this moment and what we are doing. Um, The same goes when we're riding them as well, making sure that we don't just become a source of pressure because that is really easy to do, to become a a source of pressure. And then we begin to see it in things like the horse not wanting to be caught. Uh, If you're doing groundwork, they might begin looking to the outside of the circle. Maybe they're shifting their weight to the outside. Their energy might be kind of going through their outside shoulder. But when we begin to have that quality time together, We create a space of calm and peace and a place for them to rest. So all of a sudden, we begin to see the horse wanting to be caught, to be looking into us because they know that being with us is a really good, safe place to be, which is ultimately what the horse wants, is they want to know that they are going to be safe. So quality time Um, The other thing I really love to talk about when we're creating this partnership is finding the things that our horses love. So you might have heard of the book The Five Love Languages. Um, I really recommend reading that book, although it's not for horses. I think that we can take some of that knowledge and apply it to what we do with our horses. So the same goes for our horses. Find what they love and begin to build our relationship from there. So you might find that your horse is bored out of its brains doing circles in the arena, but it loves to go for a walk up the road. So you can you can take all of the things that you're wanting to build and like the skills side of it and you can practice those things going for a walk up the road. or your horse might be terrified to start with, with at the thought of going for a walk up the road or, or out through a paddock or even to the arena. Maybe that horse feels really safe at, uh, in its own paddock, so begin there. Or maybe your horse is a big time foodie. <laughs> I think if I was a horse that would be the place that I would start. <laughs> um, so. Perhaps looking into clicker training and introducing treat training as a part of your work to help you build your relationship. Your horse might like scratches, maybe it likes having, maybe it's got quite a big personal space bubble. Um, so, So making sure that you get well out of that horse's space. So really learning what your horse loves and meeting them there in that moment. And that's not to say that that is going to be the thing for the rest of that horse's life. It might always be their main love language. Um, But as time goes on and you begin to build a relationship and trust, then you'll be able to take that horse that was once terrified at the thought of going out of its paddock for a walk up the road, or out to a show, or way, way away from its friends and because you've spent that time making deposits into your love jar, I just made that up on the spot, (laughs) Um, that you'll be able to do those things with no trouble at all. Um, So yeah, that's that's our quality time, our love language. And then the mind and body work. This is a really beautiful place to uh, really get to know our horses, uh, to help them do some healing as well and let go of tension. Maybe it's tension that they've picked up just in a fleeting moment, and we can be aware of that and help them to release it. Or maybe it's something that is really deep-set, Maybe you're restarting a horse and it has a history of of rearing up. So to overcome things like that, it can be peeling away lots of layers to get to the root cause. So one little story, I guess, is um, my daughter's pony who we're working with at the moment and almost doing a little bit of a restart with her. She carries a lot of, uh, I guess what we would call it, anger. So she pins her ears and she tries to, uh, she's bitten a couple of times. Um, She doesn't like a human to be on the ground before you catch her. Um, Touching her around her um, shoulders, she can get quite angry. So We know that this comes from some things in her past, and instead of just uh, treating it, or one might be to ignore it, another one might be to have dominance over it and to push her through it, like, come on, get over it, type of thing. But if we're bringing to this the inner work that we've done with ourselves, it would be to create connection and to bring awareness and to almost have her feel heard in that moment. So with the mind and body work, how we do it is it's all about movement because horses are beings that like to move. When they are out in the wild, um, if something scared them, they're going to move. So we have in the survival brain is our freeze, flight, and fight. So oftentimes the first thing they're going to do is they're going to take flight. Then they might stop and look at it. What I have found with working with horses is freeze and fight are things that happen if they have their ability to take flight taken away. So in the mind and body work, we've noticed that when we add in this element of movement, they are able to release a lot of the tension a lot quicker. So, to put it simply, and um, I guess in a podcast or um, video with me just sitting in front of a camera, um, without being able to show you, we just bring awareness to different places on the horse's body. So that might be um, placing our hands on it, it might be kind of hovering our hands away from that area, And really looking to see, what is my horse telling me in this moment? How do they feel about me being here? Do they feel totally okay? And if that is the case, we might see things like a nice rhythm. The eye is relaxed. The breathing is really lovely and regular. Their heartbeat is uh, rhythmical. It's not going really, really fast, we've all been on a horse um, when we can feel their heart pounding underneath us, or well, at least I have been anyway, um, so looking for those things, that is how we know that, yes, you feel pretty good about me being here, or you feel about good about this place in your body, then maybe, so with uh, my daughter's pony, when we got to her shoulders, her ears came back, her nose wrinkled up, her eye kind of went quite distant, um, and she wanted to freeze. So we ask her to keep on moving and bring awareness to that place, um, trying not to take her emotions on to ourselves. Our job is to just hold that space for her to be able to move through it, and to release whatever it is. And so, to get a better idea of what I'm talking about, it would probably be a good idea to check out some of the videos that we've put up on YouTube, or um, in our members' uh, group on Facebook and on our website. Um, We've got more in-depth videos and lots of different Uh, videos with different horses, you can see what differences you might see in different horses. Um, So yeah, staying with them until they release that. And so it is really beautiful to see and watch the horses as they kind of just melt underneath you. And because of this process, we're creating again, partnership and trust and a connection. Um, What else did I want to talk about? I think that's about it probably, otherwise I could be here all day. (laughs) Um, But now I think I will jump into answering a few questions. Okie dokie. So first question up, what to do if you're having a bad day? How to switch a negative into a positive? So that's a really good question. I think for me personally, I like to kind of just bring awareness to the fact that I'm feeling really shitty right now. Um, and I start asking, well, why why is this feeling yuck right now? What do, What do I need to do to change this? How can I shift myself into a positive? Maybe it's in that moment I'm asking and expecting way too much of my horse or myself. So how can I strip that right back and do something small that I know is going to get me feeling a lot better and my horse feeling a lot better. So that might be just something really little. So I love to do um, the mind-body work. So I might just take a moment and I might be up on my horse, I might be on the ground, I might jump onto the ground and just uh, probably practice some of my breathing techniques, being mindful again having kindness and non-judgment, and then I might just do something to connect with my horse. So that might be the mind-body work. That might be just spending some quality time taking a step back from one another. That might be doing the thing that they love. Maybe they are really cool at doing, like my little fellow Chrome here, he loves Spanish walk. So um, we might whip out a few steps of Spanish walk and just get ourselves feeling good again and happy and maybe if you can, get a little bit of a laugh. (laughs) I know I always laugh when Chrome um, offers to me his Spanish walk. (laughs) Especially when I'm at the going down the center line, holding at X and he offers me A salute to the judge with a Spanish wave. (laughs) That was a good lesson, but I'll save that story for another day. Um, So, yeah, that would be kind of some of the action steps that I would take to switch from a negative to a positive. Um, And I try to look at things as everything is a learning opportunity. So maybe I'm having a really bad day things are just not going right, how can I take the good out of that? How can I look and see uh, what there is to learn from this situation? Rightio, um, next question, when to move on to the next step, um, and how to see if the horse is shutting down or accepting? That is a really cool question. So. What I like to do is um, I move on to the next step quite quickly. I obviously have lots of pauses in between that quality time, but I don't want to focus on one little thing until it is absolutely perfect because we all know that perfectionism kills the try. Um, So I just want to get it that little bit better and then we're going to move on and try something else. So I like to talk about our, say if we're talking about groundwork, I don't need to have that perfect, um, say our our day one groundwork does not need to be perfect on day one or even on week one. But I know that by the time I get to about week four, five, six, that day one work is going to look pretty darn good. So giving up, give up having to have it perfect before you move on to the next step. 1% better and then we can change. Um, Because it doesn't do any of us any good. Our horses get bored, uh, they feel drilled on, and oftentimes they've already got it right and we're working on it again and again and again because we feel like we need to get it better. Um, And it's just not good for anyone. So how can we see if our horse has got it, or they're shutting down. This is where I really love movement. Movement is such a good telltale sign of whether our horse is accepting of something or shutting down. Because, (laughs) let's face it, when they're moving, it is a lot trickier to miss the shutdown. If we've got a horse standing still, um, and say we're trying to do desensitizing, quote unquote, Um, it is easy to miss them going internal and shutting down, whereas if we have that horse moving, it's really plain as day to see if that horse is slowing down, or stopping, or maybe the footfall becomes a little bit heavier with one foot, or two, or three, or four. So, whenever you have doubts about whether your horse is truly accepting of something, try and add some movement into it. And what do you get? Do you have relaxation and rhythm? And I think that even in that, the relaxation and rhythm, there's a reason why relaxation and rhythm is at the very foundations of our Dressage Training Scale. They weren't silly when they added that in there. (laughs) Um, Shutting down is when we see, like physically, we can see it. um, If they are slowing down, like I said before, the footfall gets heavier. They have stopped completely. Maybe their eyes get a little bit glazed over. Maybe their weight is a little bit to the outside. Um, What else do we have? Looking to the outside um, maybe they are speeding up as well. That could be a form of them kind of shutting down, but doing it in a different way. Um, maybe they ha- are getting unfocused, like they they get uh, looking off into the distance all the time. Uh, they might spook at something that a leaf on the ground that they've been past ten million times. So there's all these sorts of different ways that we can see, is our horse shutting down, are they truly accepting of it? So when we talk about shutting down, that's just one part of the survival brain. So, um, so looking at the freeze, flight and fight, not just one element of it. Because if we just focus on that one element, then we miss out on um, being aware of all of the other things that might tell us that our horse is not truly accepting um, of whatever we are doing. The last question I will talk about today is how to stay positive when you think you are not progressing. So, I think this question probably um, is a little bit like the first one um, having that feeling of one um or that goal I guess of one percent improvement, and that doesn't mean um, necessarily one percent improvement each day. I believe one percent improvement from each moment um so not getting caught up and feeling like just because i was here yesterday means that i should be a step above that today maybe today you've uncovered some um a bit of you've gone down a bit of a rabbit hole and you've found some other things that you need to get to the bottom of so um and that might feel like you've taken 10 steps backwards but just trusting and believing and knowing Um, that going through the process might mean you have to take these sideways steps and go down rabbit holes and and really be with your horse in the moment, but have faith that ultimately, when you look back in a year's time, you will be able to see the massive amount of progress that you have made. Um, And if you catch yourself in feeling like you are not progressing, then having a think back or maybe you want to dive into your phone or your Facebook or wherever it is that you keep all of your photos and have a look back at or, or maybe it's taking um, notes you might want to have a journal going and now, Start Your Own Horse course we um, have a workbook where you can uh, keep a journal which is really cool because it shows you how you are progressing. Radio. Well, I am going to wrap this up here. I hope that you have enjoyed this podcast today. Uh, If you have any questions, please fire them through to empowerme at finesse-equestrian.com. And if you want to join us, then please send me an email and I will be able to send you on to the links so that you can join us in the Start Your Own Horse course. <laughs> So with me today I have Melissa who did our start your own horse course although she kind of restarted a horse when she was doing it with her lovely big chestnut Albert. So I really wanted to have a chat with Melissa because she has such a lovely partnership with him and we have some good giggles about um, the things that they can do including making their way down the hill with bailage and him not running her down, which is pretty impressive, really. <laughs> Do you want to uh, have a chat about your experience and maybe tell us a little bit about you and Albert and um, and and focusing in on that partnership and connection element? Yeah,
1: sure. Hello. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you for having me to talk about Albert, who is basically my. Favourite topic ever. <laughs> um, so him and I have been, I guess, partners for about a year and a half now. And I might be a bit different to your usual Start Your Own Horse course people since he was obviously nine, nine or ten. And so he's had plenty of ridden and human interaction and that sort of thing before. Um, but I guess for me... I had to work through a few things, um, fingerprints that had been left on him from previous people, and not necessarily great ones, or not necessarily what I considered to be really handy skills that he's picked up. Mm-hmm. Um, he was flighty, p- as most race horses tend to be, and I am not really a super confident crazy go 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 kind of a rider so I would like him to slow 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 I guess <laughs> um, so yeah we've, we've just done a lot of spending time together and not rushing things and I guess that's where I can't help but do really well because I don't necessarily have a lot of goals that I'm driven to doing with him but I think that also paid off for him and I because we can kind of get a lot of things done now where I don't actually have to use any gear with him and we can just like head around the farm and wander off where we want to go and he's like yeah I can come with you you alright <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, running down the hill taking a trolley of silage and having him coming down with me because I'm in a rush and he doesn't run me over, he doesn't try to steal okay he, he took a little bit <laughs> um, but you know he doesn't run me over and I've had Many, many horses <laughs> push into
0: me and run me over. I mean, use me at Winnie. <laughs> <laughs> Winnie, Winnie is probably the opposite. <laughs> yeah, no, By no, nature. He's
1: like, when did you even get here? Like,
0: get up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty, it's pretty neat that you have that partnership together. And you also use him now for uh, kids' riding lessons.
1: Yeah, yeah, I do. it's so cool seeing. I guess just being able to share him with people, um, because he was he wasn't a very confident guy when I met him. He was like pretty worried about everything. He really didn't like coming away from the herd either. Like he was like, no, no, I'm I'm safe in my paddock and my bubble here, and you kind of go and do your own thing, and then maybe I'll feel better. So now he's like hey, where are we going? Who are we meeting today? Yeah, I can do that. And it's really cool. And so many of the kids just love him. Like, he's their favourite. They like, think like, he's so amazing.
0: <laughs> and it's, like,
1: it's really cool because he's just kind of listening and they're being nice and careful and gentle with him. And he's like, that's nice I like that. I want to, you know, keep hanging with you guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, lovely. And how long did it take you to see some changes from... The flighty horse that he was to being a horse that you could trust to um, to do children's riding lessons with.
1: Oh, that's kind of a tricky question because I think when I first started with him, I was a bit of the problem. Like I'm very used to Winnie previously, who, as you know, is the dull, mm-hmm. <laughs> lady really big with. Um, not the case with Albert, he was like, see you later, like yeah. much, much later, back. <laughs> so, when I sort of learnt a bit more about how to listen to his fears escalating before they got to that flight. Yeah. Um, yeah, it really, it, from there it kind of just shortened the time down, like I think if I kept going it would have taken... Forever. he'd probably still be running away from me but now I do a lot less and back off a lot more mm. and he's like me need is not feeling too chuffed about something and then he will come to me and he's like yep yeah, let's do it so I think maybe maybe only about two months when I was actually really working with him maybe a few times a week instead of sporadically Yeah, um, and he was like oh yeah because like he tries so hard He's such a cool horse And I'm not just saying that Because he's a ginger And it will further stereotype <laughs> The fact that apparently I love gingers
0: <laughs> You but do have a few
1: I have a few I'm going to start painting them just, <laughs> I don't seem quite so Colorist <laughs> <tolerant. laughs> But um Yeah yeah Like he, he does try really hard And I think he's curious as well now Which a lot of his confidence Seems to have evolved into knowing a lot more about him as a I was going to say as a person but as a horse Mm. so it's really cool seeing him come out of his shell and being like yeah
0: that's cool what are we up to yeah that's awesome and it was quite cool you saying about how part of the problem was you because in um the first part of this podcast where I've been talking about the partnership and connection and how a lot of that piece is doing our own inner work and bringing awareness to our own behaviors or um Even our thoughts, I guess, too.
1: Yeah, it's kind of crazy, eh? Like, the more I think about it, when I look back on all the things that have gone really well, it's because I've kind of sorted myself out. And when I'm like, oh, that kind of wasn't really great, or I wish that had gone better, it's like, yeah, but that was that was my fault. Like that was me, and whatever I did that day or in that moment, or whenever I asked, even if I just asked for the wrong thing at the wrong time for him, it's, I can't blame him, it's not his fault, I, I didn't turn up very well for him that day.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that is so cool, and so neat that you have that awareness to be able to adapt for him.
1: Yeah, I think, I think you need it, I think you don't, get very far, whether that's with people or horses, i found like friendships and relationships and horses, if you're not prepared to, I guess, look at yourself for what might not be going right, then it can't really match up well with taking the credit when it goes really well either, like it's kind of always, there's always something you can do or something that you should do
0: less of you're <laughs> the problem as well <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely I agree, it's so Interesting I am um, Learning these things with horses And <laughs> I think I'm Pretty good at it now with Horses, but often um, <laughs> If I'm having a Difficult situation with a Human relationship I always think, what would I do If this was a horse? <laughs> How would I handle this situation? <laughs> oh, <it's-
1: laughs> shaking my head because I still I, I have problem solving with horses a lot better it comes a lot easier for me and sometimes with people I'm like I am out of my depth here and it's probably not really a silly or hard situation but I'm like ah oh, if you had four legs I <laughs> could
0: <laughs> <laughs> this would be so much legs. easier <laughs> 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 yeah yeah that's good <laughs> So. It's not hard my lovely. Are. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's quite interesting. Jeebus, um, who was I listening to the other day? It's gone from my... Maybe I was talking with somebody. Ah, that's right. It was Amber Liddick in, in our last podcast. And she said that... In the beginning she kind of like was there for the horse and then once she began to learn about people and how to be there for them as she was with horses she said then she really started to love people as well. <laughs> that is
1: the dangerous trap we can fall into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I've met so many good people through horses like so many new friends,
0: so there's not lost hope. That's awesome. So now with um, Albert, um, with the, I guess, with the connection side of things, is it something that you have to practice daily um do you find yourself having to go back to basic foundations or like what are your pieces that you keep on working on throughout your journey together um
1: it's it's a bit of a mix sometimes we go back to just the start and other times the start really much further along with us already i i found with him that I do have to make sure that every day I'm not asking too much of him too soon whether that's something that we haven't worked on before or if I'm asking before he's really kind of set up to be able to do it in that moment Mm -hmm. otherwise I find that he he sort of gives me that look like oh I'm not sure if you're someone I should probably trust today so yeah Yeah, um, mm. Yeah, I think you, you kind of know what I mean like I can sort of I know his line pretty well for when he's like, okay, I'm pretty obliging, this is all right. And before he's like, this is getting a bit too much for me. And he can, he'll give me the look before he's like, no thanks, I think I'll, I'll leave now.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> it's you,
1: not as it used to be, but he's still pretty confident to tell me how he's feeling.
0: <laughs> and, but that's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Because that's kind of what a partnership is about like it's about having that free communication and the ability for our horses to tell us if we're being too much and we need to change what we're doing because I think there's such a big shift now from the obedience training to where we wanted our horses to just be good little ponies and do as they're told to now having a a two-sided relationship
1: Definitely and this is something I sort of struggled with a bit as I was growing up because I think I've always been quite sensitive to loving the animal before necessarily what I might want to do or what the goal might be and I really struggled around people who didn't necessarily align so much at the end of the spectrum as I was and I yeah, I, I found it quite hard sometimes being like but why do we need to kind of make them do something when I'm getting the impression from them that they're really not happy about it and I've tried to keep that in mind just as I go um, with all my horses that how they feel matters and I think they need to be able to have a place where they can say, I'm not cool with this or yeah, this is awesome, like I want to know because then I can do something if they're not happy or... I can note that is something they really enjoy doing and we can do more
0: of. Yeah, that's cool. Good on you. That is so lovely. So uh-huh. um, because the podcast is called Working From The Inside Out, I love to ask people uh, what does that mean to you and maybe with partnership and connection in mind um, because that's what today's podcast is all about.
1: <laughs> hmm. Okay. Um, I think it might be something we sort of um, mentioned or went over earlier. I think I always have to look at myself. If something's going right, then I'm like, okay, don't forget that, because that worked really well. He responded well to that. If something's not going right, I really need to look at myself before I start thinking that he's doing something wrong or he's being naughty or he just doesn't want to kind of thing. Mm. Um, And it's actually surprising and really cool at how much that has an influence over his decisions as well. um, I've noticed that if I kind of acknowledge to him like yeah that was my fault that didn't go well he's like that's cool let's try again like he'll initiate more Mm. the more I'm with him
0: that is so cool I love that yeah
1: Yeah. I like it too I'm like thank goodness the the millionth second chance he's given
0: (laughs) yeah well it's kind of like you don't have to be perfect and uh, there's room to like as long as you're willing to acknowledge where you're at and and if you get it wrong then they are always happy to give you another shot Oh definitely, I mean no,
1: no one's perfect and it's hard to say but no horse is perfect either, we all need to be able to take a moment and retry or quit on that note and try tomorrow sort of thing like no
0: one's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for jumping on with me and it's really cool to have been able to be a part of um your journey and seeing uh, like what a big change that you both made together. Thank you. I've
1: loved it. It's pretty much been the highlight of my life. <laughs> <laughs> um and I can talk about him all day long to anyone who has ears. So that's pretty cool because I was a bit a bit worried when I first sort of met him. I was like, oh, this is a big horse and he's pretty reactive and I'm not really like a gutsy rider kind of thing. So it's mm. pretty cool.
0: This podcast was proudly brought to you by Finesse Equestrian. For free videos and articles, head on over to finessequestrian.com. You can also find me on Facebook or YouTube under Finesse Equestrian Training or on Instagram under Ali A. O'Brien. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe so you are the first to listen in, to screenshot and share on social media, And rate and leave us a review so you can do your part in helping us to reach more horses and people.